Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I'm with Andrew Corrali of The TheList.Vegas and my co-host David Figler, and we're talking about what the Tesla recall means for the loop, a possible turning point for pets in the valley, and what your area code says about you. Joking. Kinda. It's Friday, December 15th. I'm Sarah Lohman, and here is what Las Vegas is talking about. David and Andrew, welcome to Friday morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, y'all. Good morning, David. All right. So here is what we were talking about. Um, There has been a massive Tesla recall. What is going on with that, Andrew? Yeah, uh, I'm calling it total recall. Um, Yeah, Tesla is recalling uh, pretty much, I think, all vehicles uh, they're selling in the U.S., more than 2 million. And they basically need to uh, update their software and fix their defective autopilot system, which um, the uh, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration found isn't uh, isn't properly monitoring uh, drivers uh, whenever they have it engaged. Mm. Um, yeah, and so it's been uh, implicated in a, a number of, of crashes. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the NHTSA has been uh, investigating this for two years, and uh, they basically found that... Uh, that crashes happened while the autopilot system was uh, was in use in many cases, and in, and in some cases, um, lethally. So um, yeah, and so before you you get an image of you know two million uh, Tesla cars streaming into uh, you know service centers, um, the interesting wrinkle here is that the the recall is um, actually uh, pr- probably a hundred percent virtual, and it's already been happening. And um, Whoa, Tesla okay. drivers of of the affected cars. Um, are supposed to get a wireless uh, uh, software update, um, which actually started on Tuesday, and the rest are going to get it later. But um, yeah, so it's a, a pretty pretty massive software update um, that uh, is you know hopefully going to make uh, these cars safer. So uh, yeah, so customers don't have to you know drag their car into a, a service center; um, they just Great. have to uh, make sure that they're they're in a good Wi-Fi hotspot. So the update will is designed to keep the drivers more alert while the car is in autopilot. Yeah, so that's the interesting thing is that autopilot is kind of a, a misnomer in that um, the the autopilot isn't actually like a, a complete, you know, full autopilot. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. according to what I read, the Tesla autopilot, when you engage it, it can sort of steer in its own lane. Um, it can brake and accelerate, but it's not doing things like turning, you know, corners or, you know, merging on freeways. Oh. And the issue is, the, the issue is really, is that drivers had been fooling the autopilot um, because one part of the system is that it detects, like when you to make sure that your hands are on the steering wheel. 
Um, and in some cases, people could, you know, hack the hack the system or fool it into thinking that, you know, hands are on the steering oh. wheel when in fact they, yeah. So, so there's a little bit of, um, of sort of outthinking, um, you know, driver hacks in this update to, to make it safer. Um, the kind of the floating question is, you know, you know, is autopilot safe? Is it being sort of deployed responsibly? Um, it's been uh, associated with a number of uh, of deadly Tesla crashes. Um, I think yeah. according to the Washington Post, um, seventeen uh, deaths since two thousand nineteen have been you know associated with the faulty autopilot, and there are some some mm. lawsuits um, regarding that. So uh, oh. yeah, it's uh, kind of an inter- interesting uh, interesting case. I yeah. saw one uh, article about this specific feature and the expert who was quoted in the article said, look, don't ever call the autopilot a safety feature. It's a convenience. And mm. so um, a lot of people, like you said, Andrew, lots of reports of people misusing and not, not just in ways that lead to fatalities, but just really just dangerous behavior. There's also the famous string of uh, people taking the let's have sex in the car while the car drives itself challenge mm. that was mm-hmm. floating mm-hmm. around for a little bit, which also did not seem very safe. Yeah, I you know, in a way, I am actually kind of disappointed about this recall as much as uh, Elon Musk and Tesla constantly irritates me because <laughs> uh, while I'm not interested in having sex while my car drives itself, I would like to nap. That's really my life goal is to just have a car be driving itself so that I can nap. So I do feel like this is a step backwards. But you know, <laughs> you could go on a bus and do that. <laughs> I I guess I want the I want the car and I want to be napping. That's the main goal. Um, so. The follow question, and this might be a big question. I don't know if you have an answer to this, but like, you know, what are the feels in terms of like robot cars versus people driven cars? You know, we mentioned, I think that there were 17 deaths, but like how many deaths are caused by human accidents? That's the, the bigger ask here, right? Right. So we're getting into that, you know, that that sort of murky area of statistics. And I, I did a little research. And um, according to Tesla's figures, um, so according to them in the fourth quarter of 2022. So this is just a sort of a, a bite sized kind of snapshot to, to give you an idea that that they contend that their cars are still safer to drive um, in the fourth okay. quarter of 2022. They said that uh, that autopilots uh, were involved in 0.2 crashes per one million miles, and uh, that's compared to 0.7 crashes per million miles for Teslas not using autopilot, and hmm. a U.S. average of 1.5 crashes per million miles. So, in, in that sort of snapshot, you know, Tesla drivers appear to be safer to drive than your average car. And that has to do with, you know, a whole mm. bunch of what random factors, right? It's a more expensive car. Maybe they're, you know, driving, you know, more carefully. There's some probably, you know, a lot of complicated oh. socioeconomic factors. Uh, you so know, at this and, point, we can't say it's like robot versus human. There's other things that are affecting whether or not these cars are crashing or not. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. And in the big picture, I mean, you know, cars are as, as safe as ever. Uh, I was doing some research, and in 1913, back when they had the old-timey cars that with the horns that went, Ayuga! Um, <laughs> Wait to see where this 34 <laughs> people died for every 10,000 vehicles on the road. Um, 40 people died for every, yeah. And so in 2021, the death rate was 1.66 deaths per 10,000 vehicles on the road. So that represents a... You know, a, a sort of ninety-five uh, percent uh, improvement. I think the way that this really affects Vegas, though, is because this is our like one a large air quotes public transportation system, right? We have the loop. Allegedly, we're going to be expanding the loop. Uh, so 
you know, the Tesla recall doesn't seem to be actually affecting the loop at all because, as you yep. said, Andrew, you really just have to, like, have Wi-Fi and you can download the software update that does does what? I don't know if we're really sure yet. Um, but in terms of, I don't know, can we just, like, bitch about the Tesla tunnels for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 yeah, the, the weird privatized random software you know, driven uh, uh, the system for the conventioners. Yeah, according to uh, w- w- my research, it doesn't look like it's going to be closed, uh, you know, down or anything like that. And and yeah. and the, the the that loop is moving like uh, according to the the uh, Vegas uh, uh, Convention Authority, the uh, it's moving like four or five thousand conventioners a you know a day. So it's you know it's popular. It's being used. I trust that they are gonna gonna enable the you know the software updates thoroughly and responsibly. I guess the thing that's interesting to me is that. I would think that this is the first, you know, car recall in history that is so big and basically about mm. what, you know, a massive a software update. And I think that really reflects we're living in an age when our cars are increasingly turning into like cell phones and entertainment yeah. systems with with wheels and you know, and even sort of, you know, beyond that, it's interesting to me because I think we're entering this age where when we're talking about things like autopilots and AI systems and things like that, and yeah. we're, we're sort of entering this cyber-centric age where we're just starting to outsource our decisions, and many of them involving risk, risky behaviors like driving, to, you know, to software systems that are in many ways opaque and run by these gigantic, you know, private corporations. So, uh it's kind of interesting in, the, in that sort of big cultural uh, uh, sort of angle. But uh, David, what if those tunnels had trains in them? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think Andrew's numbers are even a little low because according mm. to Tesla, you know, when they have peak capacity, when the big conventions are there, they say they can do 32,000 passengers in a day, 4,500 in a wow. day. Wow. Okay. Well, going 35 miles an hour. But, you know, they are they are um, drivered. Right, it, it, right, right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thing to, to note. Yeah, there is a driver in there. I, you know, I, I'm I'm not not with you, Sarah. Uh, yeah. Kind of thinking about this movie that I wound up just watching on Netflix the other night called "Leave the World Behind" uh-huh. with Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke. It's this, oh uh, yeah, apocalyptic drama where they um the the bad guys who we never see we don't know who they are they weaponize all the Teslas to like oh. auto drive to to choke off uh, escape points on different freeways and stuff. So there's this one pivotal scene where Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke are just kind of standing there trying to escape. And all these, like, (laughs) driverless Teslas, all white, coming directly from the lot, and just, like, lining up and crashing into each other to create a barricade of white, brand-new Teslas. So uh, that was an interesting component of that movie as well, as they think about, you know recalls and potential hacks and teslas underground i don't well, know yeah it's, I, it's yeah. all it's also it's also claustrophobic to me like if mm-hmm. god forbid god forbid something bad happens in the tunnels i mm-hmm. don't yeah. have a lot of faith from where i stand though i have not seen all the documents that like the emergency escape plan is going to work as they hope that it does. I hope that it does, but right. I don't know. I don't know. It just yeah. seems so claustrophobic and tiny down there. Well, I am, as you know, a big fan of public transportation, but I also do want uh, driverless cars. I think that that would be a huge turning point in uh, terms of emissions and mobility mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, it's David Figler, and one of my favorite food festivals is coming back to town. It's Vegas Unstripped over at the Palms Hotel on Saturday, May 18th. Over two dozen chefs from some of Las Vegas's most talked about restaurants creating original, unique menu items they've never made before. Chef creativity at its best. We're talking chefs from Partage, Esther's Kitchen, Milpa, EDO, and more, including this year's James Beard Award finalist Steve Kessler from Aroma. Tickets are $150 and are all-inclusive of food and drink, so you don't have to pay for anything once you're inside. No hidden up charges. I went last year, and it was so crowded in the best possible way. We got one remarkable dish after another, and while it was a little indulgent, here's the best part. The net proceeds go to local charities. So head on over to VegasUnstripped.com to get your tickets now. We'll see you there. We are going to, I think, pretty dramatically switch topics. But, you know, we do have it is talking about legislature. So um, there has been a new law in Clark County, not just Las Vegas, that is now banning the sale of animals, small animals in Las Vegas uh, and Clark County pet stores. Um, David, you did some looking into this, right? Yeah, and we've been following it here on the podcast, and we talked about it before Clark County passed the law that uh, prohibits pet stores from selling, like you said, those small animals, dogs and cats and rabbits and even potbelly pigs. Apparently, uh, the lizard lobby did not have their say as well. But the concept being that, you know, pet stores are connected to mills. And there are a lot of problems that are surrounding the sale of these small animals that a lot of animal rights activists and others have pointed out. And the county acted, mm-hmm. creating a complete ban, which goes into effect now, December 20th. So what they've been doing is giving pet stores the option to get rid of their stock as quick as they can and also transition with some grant programs and other incentives, I guess, to more on the grooming side and the retail side. And some have taken advantage of it. The problem, of course, is going to be that after December 20th, there's still going to be a lot of these small animals that are lingering and they cannot sell them. So it's going to fall, I think, on a lot of these rescue uh, entities, these various nonprofits throughout our community to save them and to get them adopted. No one is bigger in our community because of contracts that they have with the municipalities than the Animal Foundation, which we've also talked a lot about on the podcast. The Animal Foundation is under fire. Uh, Very controversial last few years. They're not a no-kill shelter, though they do aspire for that. There have been lawsuits accusing them of not following the law when it comes to Spaying and neutering animals, don't know if that went anywhere, but there are also allegations that they were over-reporting their capacity so that people would stop dropping off animals there, which is really the first stop that most people take. And it's all part of this convoluted, complex contract that they have with the municipality as well. Uh, Some politicians are making big hay of it and are also changing the way that uh, the Animal Foundation is doing business. They're giving them the money that they need to continue to operate because that's part of the deal, but they're also putting a lot more strings on it. Mm-hmm. We were following some uh, the reporting from Dana Gentry from the Nevada Current. She was talking about how mayoral candidate and current city council person Victoria Seaman is sort of leading the charge to essentially not just take over 
the physical plant of the Animal Foundation where that's available, but when the Animal Foundation's contracts expire uh, to put out RFPs to other administrators to take care of those animals. And a lot of animal activist people are cheering that because it has been so controversial. So that's yeah. kind of like the double barrel of this story. Of everything that, that's going on. Yeah. yeah. You know, I looked into the background a little bit, too. And in 2016, there already was a law in Las Vegas that banned the sale of puppy mill puppies. You could only sell from adoption agencies, essentially. But that was just Las Vegas, not Clark County. So there's already been some, like, uh, previous laws. And actually, it only affected there were only two places in Las Vegas that doesn't count North Las Vegas and Henderson that at that time had puppy sales specifically. Mm. This, of course, is covering also like kittens and potbelly pigs and, as you noted, not the lizards. But so, yeah, this is definitely going to put more pressure on, you know, the Animal Foundation. It's... Government run isn't the, quite the right word, but it is a, a city shelter, right, for animals. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they, there's some manner of coordination with the city. I mean, they're basically running stuff for the city or on behalf of the municipalities. So, you know, they have been dealing with, they had that huge, like, uh, respiratory infection outbreak. They were doing this thing where they weren't accepting pet drop-offs. You had to make appointments months in advance to relinquish an animal. And then there was the court case where they weren't spayed and neutering. So, I mean, I guess I'm going to throw this to Andrew. What makes the county think this time will be any different? Like, is this the infrastructure we need to handle um, pets that need to be adopted? And is this law really going to have an effect on who is adopting what animal? Right. Yeah. And that's that's kind of my question, too, is like, what's the best way to administrate, an, you know, a, a, an organization that yeah. is charged with administering you know, animals as as pets in a sort of safe and humane way. Is it is it public? Is it mm-hmm. private? And uh, yeah, to me, it's a it's a it's a complicated uh, question. I guess I, I guess I'm thinking like when this ban on small animal sales and puppy sales kicks in, and you know some of these animals migrate to the to the um, the animal foundation. I would think that these animals would go fast because that's what everybody you know seems to want. They want the cute little small animals. And my impression has always been that the animal foundations. Um, real challenge has been finding homes for the the breeds that flood animal shelters, right? Chihuahuas, right. pit bulls, um, animals that are not teacup pomeranians, right? Yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. Often, you know, mutts. So it's someone, you know, a breeder is not a puppy mill, but the same person who is looking for a specific type of dog is not necessarily going to go to the animal foundation. Well, it's just the sheer volume of animals mm-hmm. that are abandoned or purchase and then abandoned. It's just remarkable. And, you know, mm-hmm. not not to necessarily take the side of, of anyone in this long, long fight, but it's hard mm-hmm. and with, with, the, with, that, with the amount of animals that they have to deal with. And there's a very loud and understandable contingency. People's like, you can't kill them. Well, you have to mm-hmm. feed them and you have to take care of them. Right. And there's also expense to that as well. And so trying to figure out the balance, because I don't think anybody wants to see animals being put down unnecessarily, but the supply versus the demand for, like you said, Andrew, certain breeds, it makes it so complicated. And I don't know if our community is really doing front end work to get people to be a little bit better when it comes to how they are with their animals and, and, you know, acquiring animals. You know, whenever you talk about animal, um, you know, rescue agencies and animal, you know, control uh, agencies and and these kind of organizations, it gets really intense 
and emotional and but you also have to mm. think about practical questions like yes how do you house how do you feed how do you care for how do you find homes for you know these you know thousands yeah. tens of thousands of animals and i think it's it's helpful to remember that sadly the fact that these organizations have to exist and these agencies have to exist is because of like irresponsible human pet owners, you know, and it's unfortunate that they have to. And I just wish that there was a level of public education and really mandatory, you know, spay and neutering that could re reduce the, the the reasons for these, you know, organizations to, to exist. And um, so I think it helps because because I, I don't know if there is any animal rescue or adoption agency out there that is like, these folks are doing it right. You know, I don't know if there's any model model group out there. I, I could be wrong, but I, I would love to uh, learn about it. Well, uh, that is my next question. You know, should Las Vegans stop adopting from the Animal Foundation? Or maybe the better question is, if someone's looking for uh, uh, their next potbelly pig, where should they be adopting from? Oh, no, I don't yeah. think we could yeah. stop. I don't I don't want to spite the Animal Foundation for right. whatever alleged sins that they've committed and and let the animals languish. Mm. Um, I, I think we should continue to adopt uh, all that we can. I don't know. Where do you get that pop belly pig? You know, Ross Miller, the county commissioner, uh, who was one of the people now involved in this oversight, famously had a pop belly pig. I wonder if he's going to get another one now. Ooh. From okay. a better spot. Maybe he's, maybe we should call him up. Now that he's, he's announced he's retiring, maybe he'll like be a full-time potbelly pig advocate? I guess one sort of basic question I would have is, you know, whether organizations that are charged with administering, you know, animal adoptions and, and processing strays and things like that, is it generally better to have them private contracts with local governments or just publicly run? Um, and I think yeah. there's a lot of like you know, parks and conversation there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, of course, with this new influx of cash to the Animal Foundation, uh, because they were broke as well, the city is saying that they're going to have a lot more oversight. Um, that this really is going to be run more like a city animal shelter. Of course, there are lots of small not-for-profit organizations that do pet adoptions in the city. One of whom runs a cat cafe. So, like, get in there and meet and great your next pot belly pig meow okay now we're really gonna get into the hot topic and i'm expecting some spice here so we didn't always have as many area codes as we did today and this week marks the 25th birthday of the 775 area code. Ooh. So for those who aren't familiar. Shout out Reno. <laughs> Shout out Elko. Okay, but not, yeah, not just Reno, like everything that's not Clark County, essentially. All right. When we were handing out the area codes in the 1940s and 1947, uh, the whole entire state of Nevada was given a 702. Okay. 702. Mm -hmm. And then uh, in 1998, after we went through a lot of growth in the 80s and 90s, that's when they split. 702 went to Clark County, and then the yep. rest of the state became 775. And they've never forgiven us. <laughs> they did, they <laughs> we did have not the want that. That was how the war began. <laughs> Fun fact, though, they were thinking of making it 777, like a slot machine, which I, know. I 
I, I do love that, like, Nevada loves a theme. What a missed opportunity. I know, I know. Well, it, like, the idea was kind of like 911. They wanted to keep, like, the really memorable numbers just in case for right. I don't know what. There's a Tesla coming and it doesn't have a driver. <laughs> seven, seven, seven. seven. <laughs> it does feel, yeah, it's for it's for Vegas-based emergencies only, is 777. <laughs> um, and so then next year is the 10th anniversary of when they split Clark, Clark County from 702 to 72. To five. So now down here in the tip of the state, we've got two area codes. The rest of the state is still on 702. So my first question is, Andrew, what's your area code? <laughs> Do you I, I have to answer. ask 702? I know the answer. David Figler, what is your area code? <laughs> uh, the official area code is 702 comma baby. Okay. And I know the question... <laughs> I know the question you want to ask me, David, because you already called me out yesterday. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, our, our friend who moved to our community a few years back, yeah. um, did you switch over to the new 725, which is available, or did you find a 702? My area code is 646. Come York, baby. I know, I know. You and at that commit, point, Sarah. That is also no, 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 no. I have not changed my area code since 2006. We now oh, okay, live okay. So in a reasons. national area. Like you, you can take cell phones from place to place. And when I changed it, it's because when you moved to New York in 2006 from the Midwest, they were like, "You're not going to stay. The big city's going to eat you up." So you had to have a local phone number to get an apartment and a job. So at this uh, point, right. nobody cares, and. I I feel a little cool when I say 646, as I'm sure you two do when you say 702. I mean, Andrew and I both have 702 tattoos across our abdomens. Across your abdomens? Yes, in in large old English lettering. Oh, on my really? left ab, I have 702. On my right, I have 725. And I only have two abs. Oh, so. I see. I had a feeling, Andrew, that you were going to be like more embracing of the newcomers than uh, grumpy, grumpy old yeah. Dave Figgler. Well, I yeah. Said- I, trademark TM. So it's, it's, it's funny. So I, I have two thoughts. One is it's funny um, whenever. So making friends and keeping friends in Vegas is really hard. And when cool ass people move mm, to town. Truth. I glom onto them and start, you know, oh. sucking the soul out of them and try to welcome them and bring them into Vegas life. But there is that's this a caution, psychological- Sarah. That's a red flag, Sarah. Yeah, for you. <laughs> well, that, and so, like, but that's funny. So when we text and I'll see their their number and it's like a two one three or a six four six or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, there's always this little question in the back of my mind, and I'm like, how long are they going to stay here? Are they oh. really committed? And so there actually is that. That sense of like, you know, when you switch, you know, you're in. On the other hand, I do recognize like I like anyone who's got a 725, I don't give them the side eye. And my take has always been, you know, some of these little battles over, you know, know, geographical identity and and regional pride and things. When they relate to Vegas, they're always kind of funny because truth is Vegas was built by outsiders. And if anything, we should be given all the 725s the love because they're the folks who keep the energy fresh and keep Vegas changing, oh. and that's what Vegas is meant to do. Boom! Turn it around on you. Surprise! I mean, I'm I'm gonna you say did. that I, this is. I mean, I think this is true more ways than one. But Las Vegas is New York in 2006. In that now I need to switch. I need to find someone 702 to truly be accepted here. David, <laughs> do you feel 702 has has that cachet? I yes, in, in much the same way that uh, a couple of us. Uh, old timers try to hang on to our old license plate backgrounds. It's the same yeah. kind of thing. The blue and white. Um, yeah. I, I, it's because we grew so fast, you know, as a community that hanging on to some vestige of that small town, mm. uh, which we all 
sort of revel in nostalgically is our phone. I mean, it's our own damn fault. We grew so big, we had to split it all up. I mean, yeah, honestly, I think it was all the the beepers that JJ sold. And that's another <laughs> deep cut. King JJ! And I knew that Andrew was going to love JJ, king of beepers. Yeah. No, they used to oh sell God. pagers. And everyone had pagers and fax machines and they were all 702 and mm. it just, you know, but we do have to embrace. I mean, we we have to face the consequence of our own growth and accept our brethren and sistren in the 725. Yes, so, we Sarah, you. if you were to take the plunge, you would oh be embraced. I, yeah. You would not be ostracized. Although so, I do get more spam calls from 725 than any other area. Code, yeah. What is up with that? Yeah. But hey, random question that we may or may not know the answer to. So like, can you acquire a 702 number if you're like, if you roll no. into town, you're like, oh, I want to be OG. How do, how do you do that? How's okay. That so at the moment, it says that we are not in any danger of exhausting our area codes, all three of them until like 2064 or something. So in theory, they're out there. But again, I literally haven't changed my numbers since 2006 because the laws have changed that even if you change like your cell phone company, you take your phone number with you. So I guess what mm. you're really saying is the two of you want me to have a landline that you can call me on. <laughs> oh gosh, the landline. Uh, well, maybe one of those like those those with those red phones that's like the lips. I'm gonna get a Garfield oh, that's, phone that's with best. a really long cord from the kitchen. You know, uh, just a funny little weird story, and and this is more about phone numbers and area codes. But uh, a dear dear friend of mine had the coolest phone number growing up. It was 702, like 222-3333. And some law firm called her up and said, we want to buy your phone number. And she totally sold it to him. I think I know a lawyer that is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's probably past hands. That sounds like Holly Go Lightly and Associates. <laughs> so I... You know, I was going to ask you what your your reactions are with 725. I feel like Andrew is going to embrace anybody with a Nevada. Embrace the 725. Bring cool people into Las Vegas. Get them to stay. David is going to reluctantly embrace anyone. I will come around. Yeah, yeah, it would come around if they were cool enough. not a scammer. Yeah. Okay. I don't so want your solar panels, 725. <laughs> but I will say that, that a... That, a, that, that as far as like trashy tattoos go, a 702 will always look better than 725. Yeah, 725 won't play on skin, I don't think. Not yet. Not uh, yet. Okay. Wasn't there, a, there was a uh, singing group called 702 that yeah, had a little bit of success Yeah, great R&B. Well. Yeah, great R&B mm -hmm. act. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, But yeah, I, I love the 725s. I love the 646s. You're all welcome. Thank you. But there is like a little bit, Andrew, a little bit of like, ah, it's 702 is still cooler. So mm -hmm. uh, I have three rapid fire questions for you two. Uh, get ready. What's worse, a 725 area code or an Oakland's A's jersey? Oakland A's, Oakland jersey. A's jersey. A 725 area code or a Tesla with a California license plate? Tesla with the Cali plate. Come on. <laughs> a 725 area code or saying Nevada. I got no hate for people who go Nevada. I yeah, don't. Yeah, because isn't that like technically uh, like legit? I don't know. We yeah, had yeah. someone <laughs> about that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I heard uh, someone say Nevada the other day, Nevada. which is technically it. correct, yeah. but it's the inner the out. Oh my gosh. Okay, but which one is worse, seven two five or Nevada? Nevada. Seven two five. If I had to choose. Uh, oh, seven two five. Damn, a split. Uh, it's the right, scammers. Well, they, they're in my head. Now you all know, if you have a 725 area code, you're not quite as cool as 702, but you're not as much as a loser as a 646 in Cloud County. Oh, uh, want, want, Sarah. We accept all ori orientations. <laughs> uh, I'm here. I'm here for the long haul, guys. You don't have to worry. But how about them 415s? Let's talk about them. I don't even know Bay where. Bay Area. 
Bay Area. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Reno has all sorts of thoughts about 415. <laughs> I don't think Reno really cares what we're doing downstate because at this point, most of them are from San Francisco anyway. I would just have loved if if the rurals got 777 and then we're like, all right, Southern Nevada, we're going to be 666. Boom. There it is. Sin <laughs> oh, City. Ooh, tied ooh. together. Love it. But no. Yeah. I'm going to hold out to change my number until 2064 when they introduce 777. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Okay, Andrew, David, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. So fun. Always fun. F-U-N. All right. Bye, gents. So before you go, special shout out to listener Eileen Glovsky, who texted us to suggest that we list our holiday shopping guide on the website, which we promptly did. Thank you, Eileen. So, you know, go on there, check it out, shop local. If you too have thoughts, ideas, suggestions, or dad jokes, if they can compete with David Figler's dad jokes, you can text us or leave us a voicemail at 702-514. 0719. You know, we can't reply to every message, but we do read and listen to them all. So thank you for connecting with us. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Our executive producer is Sonia Cho Swanson. Our producers this week were Layla Mohammed and Dylan Brogan. Our newsletter editor is Scott Dickensheets. And your hosts are me, Sarah Lohman, and David Figler. Music is by OG Moose, Epidemic Sound, and all the kimonos. We record this show on the traditional homelands of the Nawubi, the Southern Paiute people. And if you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back Monday morning with more news from around the city. Take care. in the hole. Oh, yeah. JJ and Forrest the King of Beepers. We've got the one. I'm JJ, King of Beepers. Call 369-2700 for your own beeper. <laughs>